sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is. We want to be evidence-based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice. Ethics is every part of every clinical decision that we make. And what it is that we do is we make lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Welcome everyone to this podcast about a skill that is close to the heart of all speech pathologists and that is report writing. My name is Nicola Harris and I'm the Manager for Professional Practice at Speech Pathology Australia. Today I'm excited to introduce listeners to my guest, Harmony Turnbull. Harmony is a speech pathologist with long-standing experience in the field of disability, communication disability and dysphagia. She has extensive industry experience as a senior clinician in the New South Wales Department of Ageing, Disability and Home Care and most recently an Associate Lecturer of Speech Pathology at UTS. Harmony is now pursuing high degree research at the Graduate School of Health, where she is exploring the accessibility of written health information for people with a communication disability. Harmony has also been responsible for supporting the development of the Association's updated guide to report writing, which can be found on the professional resources section of the Speech Pathology Australia website. Harmony, welcome to the podcast and thanks for talking all things report writing with me. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been great to update the guide and I've been able to uh, incorporate a lot more research evidence into the new version of the guide. So uh, I've used the research from across a number of allied health disciplines to inform a lot of the information where possible in the guide. Uh, overall, the guide will encourage speech pathologists to apply critical thinking to their report writing practices. So you'd be encouraged to think about the purpose of your particular report that you're writing, thinking carefully about the audience of a particular report, thinking about your specific context, your practice context um, and the clients that you're, you're providing services to, and to also think carefully about the accessibility of your reports. How are you going to best make the information uh, understandable so that people can, can access that information and use it uh, to achieve the things that they need to achieve? We've tried to make the new guide as practical as possible. So you'll find uh, things like checklists. So there's a report writing checklist that has a list of some key things to include when you're writing a report as well as a, a collection of resources. So there's links to further reading uh, and resources so that you can continue your professional development on report writing. One of, my, um, one of the examples there is a link to the teach back strategy, which can be really helpful to apply. It's an evidence-based strategy uh, to, to help people to understand information that we're giving them either written or verbally. So that's a really handy thing to, to look into. Uh, there's also things like information on how to reference assessment tools. I think that's, sometimes that's a bit tricky to know how to reference the tools that you're using, in, you know, for example, in an assessment report. So we've included that. And there's also 
some suggestions in there around potential content that you might include in, in different types of reports that you're writing based on the purpose and the specific context you're practicing in. So thanks, Harmony. You've certainly um, outlined a lot of the changes that um, speech pathologists can, can find when they're working their way through the guide. Um, it's really good to hear about some of the, the resources and the checklists, but can you talk us through um, some of the key messages for speech pathologists and what they need to be thinking about when they're writing reports and how the guide might support them to do that? Yeah, for sure. There's certainly a lot of information in the new guide. Um, and one of the, the things to point out, I guess, at the start is that um, you know, speech pathologists bring a lot of you know, skills and knowledge to their practice uh, in assessment and providing therapy and all those sorts of things, we can bring those skills and knowledge to our practice of report writing as well. You know, how do we support people with potentially communication disability or, you know, any, any people that we're writing reports for, how do we support them best to understand the information that's in the report and to use the information in the report? So the guide, uh, you know, supports you to think about that quite a lot. Um, and it aims to support uh, clinicians to make the information that they're putting into reports as accessible as possible. And there's different ways to do that. Um, one of the key ways is to use plain language. Uh, so the guide provides suggestions and links to, to learning about you know, what is plain language and how to use it. Um, in, in particular in, in professional writing contexts, like writing reports, uh, how to decrease jargon, how to explain jargon well. Uh, it includes uh, recommendations to do things like using first person pronouns in our reports. So when we're referring to ourselves, the research tells us to, to say, I recommend. Um, and, and use those first-person pronouns. And you'll see that coming through in the language in the guide as well. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting because that's going to be quite a, a change, I think, for speech pathologists to, to be writing reports in that way. So, Yeah, I think it, it could be a shift in practice. Mm. Uh, it's definitely very clearly, you know, evidenced that when we write in first-person, Firstly, the, the language that we use, our grammatical structures become simpler. We start using more active voice in our writing rather than passive voice. And it really helps to build that connection between the clinician and the client, between you and your client. Uh, so, so that'll be really great to, to you know, support people to embrace that. Absolutely. Other, other things to think about um, that, that come from the, the evidence base that are coming through in terms of report writing is about synthesizing the information for your report. So if, for example, you're writing an assessment report and you've used standardized assessments, it's great to, to look at how you can synthesize the information from, for example, across the subtests in a standardized assessment. Synthesize the information to provide that in a, in a way that the, the readers, the target audiences, will be able to, to understand that information um, as opposed to writing, you know, results as per, per subtest. Um, thinking really carefully about linking recommendations back to uh, referral questions. Sounds like a really simple one, but I think we can get a little bit lost sometimes in our report writing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even you know, 
little things like that, checking those sorts of things, um, and really thinking about the audience, the readers that you're writing the report for and what will support them best to understand the information. And the guide is, is laid out to support that thinking as well. So uh, when you have a look at the guide, you'll see it starts with information about the context that we write reports in. Um, and that section of the guide refers to the frameworks that we might apply in our report writing. So thinking about applying the International Classification of Functioning Disability and Health, the ICF, mm -hmm. thinking about evidence-based practice and how that influences our report writing. Um, so thinking broadly about our context uh, as well as our service delivery models, thinking very carefully about the readers uh, and, and the documents themselves obviously feature a lot. Um, and then there's things to consider about the writers as well. You as a special auditor, what are your, what skills do you bring to the writing process? Um, and, and what potentially, what professional development might help you to produce um, you know, better quality reports for your clients? So we've structured the guide that way to help people to give consideration for each of those components um, that are providing a basis towards working towards high quality reports. No, that's that's fantastic. Thank you for, for outlining all this. There's certainly a lot of key messages, I think, there for speech pathologists to work through. Um, I know in our discussions we've talked about the guide not being overly prescriptive. Um, it offers a lot of guidance, but it doesn't offer a lot of specific templates to work around. So if you could just talk a little bit um, for people to understand about the reasoning about why, why we're not including specific templates and how that can be beneficial for speech pathologists and their report writing skills. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very careful decision, really, wasn't it? You know, Definitely. we did have a lot of discussion. Um, generally, people feel like templates can be helpful. It's generally thought that they save time. Um, and that's really important in clinical practice where you Absolutely. can yes. save time. Um, and we're not out to, you know, expand the amount of time that people spend on report writing. You know, it needs to be a process that's kept under control. However, there's, you know, the use of templates tends to mean that um, it becomes less personalised for clients. Uh, the writers speech pathologists tend to follow templates without thinking as critically about who they're writing for and the purposes they're writing for mm. uh, and, and it, it, it can come at the cost of um, the quality of information that you put in the report you know um, and it can and it can mean that when the readers your clients get their report it feels a little, little bit depersonalized so we're wanting people to really think about who their audiences are, who the readers of the reports are, and um, you know, set up ways to make your report writing efficient, but do that in a way that you've thought critically about it, uh, you've considered the specific purposes of your report writing, and you've tailored that to the specific needs of your clients or the other people who might read those reports. 
No, thank you. That's great. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for us to understand that templates, as you have said, don't all, um, aren't the time saver that they're, they're always perceived to be and that we've really got to have our clients at the heart of, of the report writing experience. So that's um, a really valuable thing for us to talk about. Harmony, um, has, um, I just would like to, to tell everybody listening that um, the guide is available um, on the Speech Pathology Australia website under the professional resources section of of the website it it will guide members through that that fun experience that we all have of writing reports on a on a regular basis and i think it will mean that people's thinking about how we go through this process will also um, be changed in that way as well so uh, thank you for your time today outlining all of the all of those changes and what people can expect to to work through when they're um, writing reports and, and the supports that are available for them so thank you very much Thanks, Nicola. I look forward to lots more discussions on this Absolutely. topic. Yep, so do I. So thank you. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.